it's me, Coralie, and welcome to my podcast, Coralie's Anxieties. Oh no, it's another diabolical podcast from me, Coralie. <laughs> it's been a minute. Just looking at this, August 23rd was the last podcast. So why is it taking so long to do podcasts, Coralie? Well, hmm, working six and seven days a week, so that kind of takes away from the ability to do podcasts, or at least the mental capacity to sit down and talk about something. This was never supposed to be a stressful thing for me. It was actually supposed to relieve stress. So I decided to sit down, talk about nothing, which I'm good at. <laughs> and why am I working seven days a week? Well, here in Canada, the cost of living has gone through the roof. And the current job I have, my main job, hairdressing, I work four days a week. There's seven and a half hour shifts. The money hasn't changed in all the years I've been there doing it. But the sheer cost of life has gotten out of control. And every Canadian, except for the 1%, are feeling this. The 1% don't care. They simply have so much money. If a steak now costs $100, they don't even notice it. But for the rest of us, for the working stiff, for the retired, for the teenagers about to graduate from high school, and they now have no certainty what the, about their future is going to be. And I have one of those right now in grade 12. And one, two years following him. He came to me and he said, I don't think I can move out after I turn 18. And I said, I don't think you can move out after you turn 18 either. I don't know how you can if you're working a minimum wage job and pay for rent, even if you have roommates. It's, it's not affordable. So I said, it's fine. I don't mind you staying, actually. I'd kind of be sad to see you leave anyways. And same with the other child, my daughter. And there goes my printer. Sorry about that. It's, um, you know, I tell my clients in the salon, when, when I graduated from high school, I was making $13.12 an hour working at a store that's no longer, in, well, I guess it's kind of in existence again, Zeller's. And my rent on a two-bedroom apartment was $220 a month plus utilities. Leap forward into the future, minimum wage is only a few dollars more than what I was making 30 years ago. And the rent for a two-bedroom apartment now is around $2,800 per month. Those two don't line up very well. So of course my kids can't move out, which means they'll stay home longer which is good because they can go to university, college, find out what they want to do with their lives. But when I was that age, it was easy to move out. You could get a roommate, whatever, live, have fun, party, do whatever you know, young adults do back then and what they do today. They couldn't afford groceries on a minimum wage job. And when I was working for Zellers, I was only working four hours a day, five days a week. And I had money. I had more money then at $13 an hour with a $220 a month rent than I do today. That's ridiculous. I have double the hours, higher pay, and I can't afford anything. I remember when I bought my first new vehicle. I was making $13 an hour. That brand new vehicle cost me $13,000.
by payment, and I still remember it, it was $312 a month. And when I bought that vehicle, I was stressed out. Now that's a big payment. If I look at the equivalent of that vehicle today, the payment would be $1,000 a month. Even at $30 an hour, that's not affordable. So if I was paying the $20, $2,800 a month for a two-bedroom apartment, or let's say I found a deal and I got something for around $2,000 a month, and I bought the equivalent vehicle that I bought back in 1989 with my insurance and my payment, it's $1,000 a month. That would be $3,000 a month of outgoing money before I even bought food and paid utilities. Cell phones and the internet are a luxury. You could say, okay, fine, scrap that. But you do need hydro, and you would need at least a wall phone. And I had cable back then, so basic cable. We weren't going to add in any of the extra things. You couldn't afford it at $30 an hour. You would be going to the food bank. So how do we expect our young people graduating college, graduating high school, graduating university? And we're not talking doctors and lawyers and architects and engineers. We're talking just the run-of-the-mill average Canadian student going into the trades, going in to be a chef, a hairdresser. They can't afford it. When do we see change in this country? How do we allow our country to get to this point? I can't say that it's the current prime minister's fault, even though his government has had a big hand in this. I think it's a collective effort from previous Canadian governments. So if my children can't leave their home, if they're not buying homes, if our immigration levels went back to what were even moderately close to normal. Would there be homes for our kids to buy by the time they're 35? I mean, I think a lot of the kids will buy. It'll take them that long to save. And that may mean they're living in, we're living in generational homes. Many countries do live in generational homes. It's not something that's normal in Canada or in the United States. Those are cultural differences that other countries have lived with and, and still continue to do that here even in Canada. So it's something that I think Canadians and Americans have to get their head around that we are going to be living in generational homes. It may mean the parent goes from the main house to the suite while their children grow up and have children in the home that they grew up in in order for it to be affordable. But unless there's mass immigration or mass population growth in a country, it won't be sustainable. Why are Canadians not having kids? They're not having kids because they can't afford to have kids. So to prop up the number of people needed in the country for it to progress, we have to have mass Im immigration. Hence the housing problem in Canada. We're not building enough homes at average levels of immigration. When you double, triple, quadruple, immigration and you're not building homes and you don't have enough rentals, you simply end up in the position that Canada faces today. I hope that future governments in Canada can fix this so my kids have a chance, so my grandkids have a chance. 
in some ways, I think I'm almost ready to write off my chance of ever owning another home. And I've owned a couple. But that dream of owning a home again, I think, is dead. And that's the last eight years of my life. So now I find myself working seven days a week just to get by. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else I could do if things get more expensive, other than possibly leave the country. And we're seeing many new Canadians and born Canadians leaving. And there goes my phone. Hang on one sec. No, that was the end of that phone call. <laughs> get back to recording the podcast. Oh, I finally get to sit down and do a podcast, and then I get a ton of interruptions. I'm probably going to have to call this short. I have to deal with what that phone call had to deal with. But I get this. This is just my perspective on what's going on in the world from just being an average Canadian. <laughs> struggling to make ends meet. So when, what do I tell my children? What do I tell my son? Don't be a carpenter. Don't be an electrician. Don't be a plumber. You'll just get by. You'll wear your body out. Find another thing that you can do that might pay you enough that you can, you can live. I don't know where the answer is. I've been racking my brain out over the last year trying to figure it out. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess I'll follow up with a future podcast about this when I, when I figure it out for myself. I hope you're not struggling and working seven days a week just to put food on the table for your family. And I know that I'm making really good money, money that even five years ago I would have thought I was rich, but not today. Anyways, peace, love. Namaste.